0: Two, one. 7 Things You Don't Really Need to Know But Probably Should I'm Kira Revan and this, this is the Sunday Seven In today's episode, brain cells are playing arcade games, a company promises to bring you back from the dead and a brand new type of exoskeleton But first, it was on this day in 2018, the world's oldest intact shipwreck a 2,400 year old ancient Greek vessel was found at the bottom of the Black Sea by archaeologists There's a desperate plea for global support to protect the world's animals and plants. This comes after a new report shows that wildlife populations have fallen by nearly 70% in around 50 years. The Living Planner report carried out by the conservation charity the WWF assessed the abundance of almost 32,000 populations of 5,230 worldwide species of animals, birds, amphibians, fish and reptiles around the world. They found the population sizes declined by 69% on average between 1970 and 2018. Even more animals living in freshwater lakes and wetlands have fallen by 83%. To put this into context, here's WWF Chief Executive Tanya Steele as she joined BBC News.
1: It is a stark warning for us. If wildlife and its habitats don't survive, then neither will we. And if we were to treat the human population as one species that we were monitoring, it would be the equivalent of wiping out the entire populations of China, Europe, Oceania, the Americas.
0: uh, The most impacted species live in Latin America, particularly the Amazon, where deforestation is destroying trees and the species that rely on them, while population sizes have fallen by a whopping 94% in the past half a century. Other parts of the world like North America, Asia and Europe have seen a smaller but still significant decline. The UK for example is one of the most nature depleted countries of the world with just half of its nature richness remaining. But this downward trend in wildlife population is not new. Here's Tanya again.
1: This is a devastating set of impacts for our natural world and probably what is even more devastating is that we have reported these declines repeatedly but we have seen very little action from world leaders to start to halt this loss and to put it onto a path for recovery A new action plan needs to be formed to really start to halt this loss of nature and actually start to recover it. And anything less than an agreement to do that would be an utter betrayal of future generations. We know that this is not just an issue that affects uh, the ecology of our world, it is affecting our economies and it is affecting our ability to function as a society. And we have to actually focus on efforts beyond conservation, which are important, but actually start to reach into our supply chains, our economies, and really how we work because we are destroying so much nature by the way we live and work and consume as human beings and it is no longer sustainable.
0: It's a game of Pong, but not as you know it. A team of researchers at Cortical Labs in Melbourne, Australia, have trained brain cells in a dish to play the 1970s arcade game Pong.
2: We take in these brain cells and then we put them in a special kind of Petri dish. Uh, ones that actually have electrodes on them. This is
0: Dr. Han Wen Chong, CEO and founder of Cortical Labs. After placing the neurons on the Petri dish, the electrodes were then connected to a computer that stimulates the games through electrical feedback.
2: What we then do is we put these brain cells on this uh, bit of electrodes, essentially give the brain cells the ability to move this paddle up or down. They get to choose, do I want to go up, do I want to go down? And we tell them the information of where the ball is, the paddle. And through, you know, experimentation and figuring out, you know, what, what systems can we use to sort of push the neurons to move the pedal up, more often than statistical chance. We were able to show within five minutes that they were able to control their panel to play the game.
0: And play they did. Within five minutes, an estimated 800,000 interconnected neurons started to learn how to play the game. And they improved the length of their rallies over time, meaning they learned how to play the game better.
2: I think this is a massive breakthrough because before our work, it was uh, uncertain if brain cells in a dish were able to perform the same kind of cognitive tasks that you and I assume uh, would happen in our heads.
0: This is already groundbreaking work but the researchers at cortical labs are not done yet. Next, the scientists plan on getting the brain cells drunk no, seriously.
2: What we want to do here is, can we get these neurons drunk? Can we give them some alcohol and, and observe the uh, the deterioration and how they can actually move the cattle?
0: The startup has grand visions for this research and hope that biology may one day resolve some of the toughest challenges in computer science. Still to come on the Sunday 7, the looming dangers of cosmic radiation and the company that promises to bring you back from the dead. It was 2015. Dr. Marie Mo was in the skies headed for Amsterdam when she suddenly realised something was very wrong. It was her pacemaker, the tiny little device that keeps her heart pumping. She normally doesn't feel it, it just sits there doing its job. But
2: suddenly I could feel it. I could feel that something was going on with my heart. I looked down at my chest and I could see that my chest muscle was involuntarily twitching. She alerted
0: the crew that there was something wrong with her pacemaker. And they arranged for an ambulance to be ready and waiting for her at the airport. When Mo arrived at a nearby hospital, doctors poured over her. A pacemaker technician soon found the problem. It turns
2: out that it was actually a bit flip or several bit flips in the memory of my device caused by cosmic radiation that made my device
0: malfunction. Cosmic radiation, it sounds like something out of Star Trek, but this type of cosmic energy can have dire consequences for our tech here on Earth. You may have already heard of the danger of solar flares.
3: The sun's constantly spewing out material into space. Lots of energy, electromagnetic radiation, and plasmas, which consist of subatomic, very high energy subatomic particles. They are such high energy that they hurtle towards Earth, and when they get to the Earth's atmosphere, they interact with the nitrogen and oxygen and produce secondary radiation. Secondary radiation that can find its way to the Earth's surface and start affecting some of our digital systems.
0: That's Dr. Michael Aspinall, an expert in digital electronics from Lancaster University. Solar flares, as Michael describes, can be dangerous because they can use what is known as a bit flip. This is when an electric charge changes the internal voltage of nearby transistors, corrupting the data stored there.
3: Everything on our computers, every digital device communicates in binary, just a string of zeros and ones. The transistors store that information in a charge and the subatomic particles which interact with the earth's atmosphere produce high energy charged particles which can deposit their charge into our digital electronics and cause what's known as a bit flip uh, where a zero would turn to a one or a one would turn to a zero and therefore change the information being stored processed Or sent via a digital device.
0: And as society becomes even more dependent on digital technology, we might want to keep an eye out for those bit-flipping
3: rays. You could have communication blackouts. You could have information being misinterpreted by computer systems that are controlling power plants. You could have aircraft plummeting from the skies as they're... Autopilots receive information from their sensors that is incorrect. You could have money wiped off the Bank of England if it was to interfere with the computer systems that store our currency. There's been a known case where um, a particular candidate in a Belgium election actually received an extra 4,096 votes. So the potential impact of having our computer systems upset by cosmic radiation is catastrophic.
0: So what are we doing about it? Are we just sitting ducks waiting for our technology systems to be taken out?
3: So here at Lancaster, we're developing a new type of neutron monitor for detecting fluctuations in cosmic radiation. Now, this has been done since the 1960s, and there's a global network. But there's only 50 of these monitors still operational, and none of them are in the UK And further still, they rely on technology that was standardised back in 1964. So the team at Lancaster have developed something that's cheaper, more compact, and yet capable of producing similar results to the existing network. This will be the first UK neutron monitor since the 80s, and it will be located at a Met Office field site in Camborne, Cornwall, and it will feed directly into the Met Office Space Observation Centre who own the government risk for space weather so they can effectively report to government departments and protect the very space infrastructure that we're so reliant on.
0: A scene straight out of a sci-fi film is playing out in real life in a facility in Scottsdale, Arizona. Time and death are on pause for about 200 people and nearly 100 pets. They're being cryopreserved inside huge tanks filled with liquid nitrogen. Alcor Life Extension Foundation says it preserves the dead. The hope is the tank's inhabitants will be revived in the future when science has advanced beyond what it is capable of today. Bodies are first injected with a series of medications to protect the cells. They're then sealed and glass water block at 90 degrees celsius here's max moore alcor's ambassador to explain more
4: that we come at the stage where doctors today have given up where today's medicine and technology is not sufficient to keep you going but we're saying instead of just disposing of the patient uh, give them to us we're going to stabilize them stop them getting worse and hold them for as long as it takes for technology to catch up and allow them to come back to life and continue living
0: Cryo-Preservation Services will set you back at least 200,000 US dollars. But if you don't mind a new body when you wake up, they'll preserve your brain for just 80,000. So to come on this Sunday 7, the UK rejoins a space race and a new type of exoskeleton. Right after this.
3: Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long.
2: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
4: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: You're listening to the Sunday 7. Follow us for your weekday news espresso or maybe try your UK edition. It's all in the usual places. are hurricanes getting stronger. This year's Atlantic hurricane season has so far seen 11 named tropical storms and 5 full-blown hurricanes, and two of those hurricanes reached category 3 or more. Due to global warming, global climate models predict hurricanes will likely cause more intense rainfall and have an increased coastal flood risk. So are they getting stronger? Hurricane and climate expert Mara Cordoro Fuentes from NASA's Goddard Space Flight Center tells us more about the connection between climate change and tropical cyclones.
4: When you say the hurricanes getting stronger in the sense of are they gonna be category 6 The answer in that case will be no. Because of physics, hurricanes do not reach more than a Category 5. However, we do see more and more hurricanes in the Atlantic every season get into Category 3, Category 4, or Category 5 compared to seasons 40 years ago. NASA does have a huge part in the studies of hurricanes. And it starts mainly with the development of all these different instruments that we've put on satellites and we put an orbit. As scientists, we are always looking at the reasons why there's this possibility that more and more tropical cyclones are becoming Category 3 or more in every hurricane season. There is a large influence from climate change. The warmer the water, the stronger and the more energy this system is going to have and it's going to just increase in intensity. So, are hurricanes getting stronger? The answer to that will be yes. We are seeing more and more tropical cyclones become Category 3, 4, and 5. So in reality, yes, we're seeing that change every season in the last several years.
0: Spaceport Cornwall has taken delivery of its very first satellite. Right now, it's been kept inside a clean room and has been readied for launch. When it lifts off in November this year, it will be a historic first for the UK. Melissa Thorpe is the head of Spaceport Cornwall. For her, the satellite's arrival is the culmination of almost a decade's worth of work.
2: It's somewhere between surreal and really real. <laughs> it's it's I, go, I flip between the two. It's, it's kind of a very strange experience. After eight years of really hard work, to walk in and see a satellite, it's kind of goosebumps levels at the minute. Um, And then to meet all these people that are rocket engineers and satellite technicians, and they're here in Cornwall, and these are the kind of jobs that we want to create here in Cornwall. And to see that this is happening, you know, it's happening here in this amazing county that we live in and this will be the future. You know, this is just the start.
0: In total, seven satellites will be loaded into Virgin Orbit's Launcher 1 rocket for the Start Me Up mission. The mission will be using a converted Boeing 747 and will fly the Launcher 1 rocket to around 35,000 feet before deploying the rocket mid-air. The plane will then head back to Newquay while the rocket propels the satellites into Earth's low orbit. The ambitious project needed a number of organisations and technology developers to come together. Among them is Satellite Applications Catapult Talking to ITV, Tim Pynchon, the company's head of marketing and communications, said it's a big step for the UK.
1: It's the next big step in evolution for the UK space industry. Um, Up until now, we've been able to build fantastic satellites. Some of these satellites are just the size of a shoebox. And we've built them here, but we've had to ship them off to the US or other parts of the world to launch them into space. And as of very, very soon, we'll be able to launch these satellites from here in UK soil and it just completes that ecosystem. It means that we can build a satellite here, we can design it here, we can operate it from here, but we can also now launch it from the UK.
0: The first satellite to be sent into orbit is called AMBER1. It's the first of Horizon's 20 plus satellites that will one day scan the seas. Jeff Blake from Horizon Technologies explained what the satellite will be able to do.
4: This will help combat a lot of issues that are around the world at the moment. piracy, smuggling, um, transshipment, people smuggling a lot of things go on at sea that are unseen because of the vastness of the ocean this is a good way of picking up anomalies at sea
0: Still the project has not been without its setbacks with the pandemic seeing £5 million lost from its budget but now Cornwall's first step into space is just weeks away Developed by the Stanford Biochemistronics Lab in California, a new type of robotic exoskeleton boot allows users to walk 9% faster while using 17% less energy. This might sound like a contraption out of Iron Man, but they could be the future for people with mobility issues. The exoskeleton brings together computers, sensors and motors to assist wearers in walking faster with less effort. The robotic boots have motors which will work calf muscles to give the wearer an extra push with every step. It's been developed by the Stanford Biomechatronics Lab in California. Patrick Slade is a postdoc at Stanford and co-author of the study.
2: Motor winds a cable to help launch you as you're walking. So it helps you push off and actually turn off your calf muscles, which saves you energy and can also help you increase your walking speed. Wearing the device is exciting. It feels like you have sort of a spring in your step that kind of launches you as you're walking and propels you forward. And at first it takes a bit getting used to, but after you've been using it for a while and you turn it off, you can really tell.
0: Researchers say the boot allows users to walk 9% faster while using 17% less energy. That's equivalent to taking off a heavy 13 kilogram backpack. One of the major achievements of the boot is the ability to personalise assistance to each individual wearer, thanks to a machine learning based model.
2: We do this by looking at your motion, so your ankle angle, your ankle velocity, and the torque that we're applying to you. And we figure out, by trying out different assistance conditions, what's going to work best for you. And so by doing that, we can provide the best benefits possible for each person.
0: The next step for the exoskeleton is to see what it can do for the target demographic, older adults. The research has envisioned that the boot can also potentially help people with cerebral palsy, muscular dystrophy or post-stroke. Steve Collins is Associate Professor of Mechanical Engineering at Stanford University.
4: One of the most important aspects of life is mobility the ability to get from one place to another just under your own power.
2: And many people have disabilities that make that very challenging. And everyone, as they get older, slows down and finds walking more effortful. So we're developing exoskeletons that uh, keep walking easy and fast for all of us.
0: This has been the Sunday 7. However you're listening, do us a favour and hit the follow button. We'll be back tomorrow at 7am with the regular Smart 7 Ireland edition. Have a great rest of the weekend.
4: Written, produced and published
0: by Daph Doris. Hi, this is Kira from the Smart 7 Ireland edition. Just to let you know, we're pausing this podcast from Friday the 25th of August, but you can still get up to speed in just seven minutes if you search the Smart 7 and catch up with our UK edition. Thanks for listening.